This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Good afternoon. Actually, let's change that. Good morning. <laughs> we started a little early today. Okay. For years, the opening of the wide world of sports television program illustrated the agony of defeat with a painful ending to an attempted ski jump. The skier appeared in good form as he headed down the jump, but then, for no apparent reason, he tumbled head over heels off the side of the jump, bouncing off the supporting structure down to the snow below. Now, what viewers didn't know was that he chose to fall rather than finish the jump. Why? As he explained later, the jump surface had become too fast, and midway down the ramp, he realized if he completed the jump, he would land on the level ground beyond the safe sloping landing area, which could have been fatal. Surprisingly, the skier suffered no more than a headache from the tumble. To change one's course in life can be a dramatic and sometimes painful undertaking, but change is better than a fatal landing at the end. This is the problem Nicodemus is having. Jesus tells Nicodemus that he is facing a fatal landing if he does not change direction. But Nicodemus knows only one way, and that is the way of earth. It is the only way that any of us knows. Suddenly, Jesus appears on the scene and begins speaking of heaven, of being born again. Nicodemus hears the words, you must be born again, but he is confused. So he asks, how can a person go back into his mother's womb and come out again? It is surprising to us that Nicodemus is so confused. He's a religious leader and should understand spiritual lessons, but somehow he feels he has missed some crucial truth, and there is a reason he is going to Jesus. He has an inkling that Jesus might be able to provide that missing important detail. Nicodemus has somehow been headed in the wrong direction, and, must, and now he must change his course. This he knows, but Nicodemus seems hesitant. He seems uncertain about making such a drastic change. Why? What makes this remarkable man slow to take Jesus at his word? What is confusing him? First, Nicodemus was a, was a religious man. He clearly knew the Decalogue by heart and the Torah by memorization. In John's Gospel, he is referred to not just as teacher, but the teacher pointing to his religious preeminence. If anyone knew the truth about God and God's people, surely it would be this man. Yet, for all of his religi religiosity, Nicodemus was not a fulfilled man. There was an emptiness within him that religion had not filled. Master, I know all of the commandments, but there is something missing. It is possible to be a religious person and still miss the, trust, the, the thrust of God's word. Many years ago, all of Americans watched as Alex Haley's Roots came to the television screen. There was one particular character that to me was particularly memorable. Ed Asner played the role of the old captain on a slave ship. He was a religious man. Each night he would close his door and read his Bible. The first night on the return trip, some of the crew sent him a young slave girl to his cabin. He is incredulous and sends her away. On the following night, they sent her again. And now he no longer yells, how dare you? On another night, as he reads his Bible, he hears the cries of the suffering on deck. So he closes his door so he can continue reading his Bible. It is possible to be a religious person 
and be an unfulfilled person. And this is at the heart of Nicodemus' confusion. He is a person who believes in God, but he is a person without a cause, a person without a heart. Master, I have kept all of the rules and forms and rituals of our faith, but something is missing. Tell me what else I must do to fill this void. I don't know how many of you have ever have seen our Chief Justice of the Supreme Court uh, lately. Have you seen the robe that that man wears? It is a black robe with four gold stripes on each sleeve. I've never been so jealous in all my life. All of my life I wanted, to be, I wanted a robe like that. If you had no earthly idea who, who this Supreme Court Justice was, you would still be able to identify him as a man of power just by that robe and the way that he carries himself. Master, I am the member of the Supreme Court of our religion. Listen, power can be seductive. Power even tempted Jesus. We are told that when he was in the wilderness, in the earthly part of his ministry, attempting to prepare himself for his ministry, Satan cast his hand over all of the kingdoms of the earth and said, all of this will be yours. Even Jesus was tempted by the sight. How do I know that? Because that is the nature of temptation. If you offer something to someone that they really do not want, then there is no temptation. For this to be a genuine temptation, there must be something alluring about it. Power is alluring. Even for the church, power is a great temptation. We see the big churches as the most successful churches. The taller the steeple, the more powerful the congregation. We put up a cross, and another puts up one twice as big. Will we be willing to become what the world wants so that they will love us? That is a seduction of power. Yet for all of his power, Nicodemus did not have peace of mind. Power had not given him contentment. It had confused him. Power promises meaning and purpose in life, but it does not deliver. Master, I'm a powerful person, but something is missing. Nicodemus is religious and powerful. Third, I think that we can say of Nicodemus that he was a man of pedigree. He came from the right family. You don't become a powerful Jewish lawyer unless you are a pedigree. It is not something that you would work up from, uh, from the ranks to attain. It is not like our country. There, there's only one way to get it. You're born into it. The Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible says of Nicodemus, he was a very rich man. There is a reason that Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. He skulks in the darkness because he does not want to be seen with the Nazarene. Nicodemus is drawn to him. He is curious. Yet for all of his interest in Jesus, he is still a pedigree. He must maintain his dignity. It is easy to become preoccupied with preserving privilege. Fourth, Nicodemus was an educated man. I'm proud of my education. My education has opened countless doors for me that, that would otherwise have been closed. The Apostle Paul was proud of his education. He writes that he studied under the great, great Gamaliel, one of the premier scholars of his day. Nicodemus was an educated man, yet his education had not brought him ultimate fulfillment. Master, something is wrong. I have been to the very best church affiliated schools, yet my heart is heavy. I need a sense of direction. I'm confused. Which way do I turn? There are educated people out there today that are not looking for more theories. 
They are looking for what John Wesley called the religion of the warmed heart. Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You see, my friends, it is easy to get caught up in the form of religion and lose touch with the reality of God. We can get so caught up in doing church work that we fail to be the church. Our intellectual comprehension of the creeds can take precedence over our living the creeds. We can learn about the Bible and fail to be shaped by the Bible. Do you know the problem with Nicodemus? I know his problem because I've seen it in far, too, uh, far too often in other church leaders. His ministry had become a profession rather than a calling. Nicodemus had built his profession upon his education, his power, his pedigree, and not upon God. I know his problem because I have seen it far too many times in myself. Every time I visit a member or sit to prepare a sermon or work on a video for service, every time I walk in that door, I ask myself, are you going because you have to? Or are you going because you're called to? Did Nicodemus ever come to a saving faith in Christ? Tradition says that he did, but we do not know for sure. It is certainly possible that he remained on the fringe. Millions do. But I like to think that once a person has truly looked into the eyes of Jesus, nothing can ever really be the same. Our church believes that all paths lead to God. The, that the one we call God is the same God of many of our fellow human beings, just called by a different name. Remember, we created religion. But try as we might, we cannot create God. There is no one, no matter what label or name we call him by. God is an inclusive and loving God for all of his children. It is how they live their lives, not what they call him, that they are to be judged. When we speak of looking into the eyes of Jesus, we could just as well be saying the eyes of Buddha or Allah. God created us as his children. We created the name we call him. Just as there are so many different names for a parent. Father, mother, ma, pa, dad, mom, mommy, daddy, pops, mama. All very different names to describe the same person. So true are the names we have created for God. These names are capable of being interchangeable without changing the meaning of the one we are referring to. For us now in his church, or in this church, we are Christian, and thus we use the name Jesus. One of the best photographs from the World War II era is a photo of King George VI inspecting a bombed-out section of London. He stops to talk with a little boy who is sloppily dressed and has his cap on crooked. The king is bending on one knee and looking directly into the face of the child. And even though it is a profile shot of the king, you can see that his is a look of compassion. Compassion. Tell me that this child's life was not changed. Tell me that if he lived to be a hundred, he forgot that day. I would suggest that once one truly looks into the eyes of Jesus, it is difficult to turn away. If you don't believe that, then ask a long parade of witnesses. Ask Mary Magdalene. 
Yes, it is true. I looked into his face and I became a pure woman. Ask Matthew. I too looked into his face and I became an honest man. Ask Paul. When I met Jesus, I changed. My zeal for the new law became a zeal for love. Ask Peter. Change, you ask. Oh, yes, I changed. After I met Jesus, I had to wrestle with my prejudices against the Gentiles. We were all broken men and women, and our need is to be healed, changed, repaired, forgiven. The true question for this morning is not what was Nicodemus searching for, but what are you searching for? Rabbi, please tell me I'm a ruler. I'm an educated man. I'm a religious man. But Rabbi, I have this void in my heart, and I'm a broken man. I need to have something in my life that will transform my evil to good. Darkness to light. Haste to love. Ugliness to beauty. Stinginess to generosity. Sin to salvation. Rabbi, please tell me. I'm confused. What is it that I need? Nicodemus, whether educated or uneducated, Jew or Gentile, black or white, rich or poor, powerful or weak, religious or sinner, you must be born again. Today is Trinity Sunday, the only one of our seven major feast days dedicated to a doctrine rather than an event or person. We don't talk much about the Trinity, even though it is the defining belief system that sets Christians apart from our Jewish and Islamic brothers and sisters who also worship the God of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. Difficult though it is to understand the Trinity, it is key to our faith, as it is not just a doctrine, it is a description, it is a description of God, of who God is, a self-revelation of the nature of God. Although we only celebrate the Trinity once a year on the Sunday after Pentecost, we affirm our belief in the Trinity every Sunday when we say the Universal Creed, which is derived from the Nicene Creed. Most of us here can say the Universal Creed in the dark. We know the words so well. But if I were to ask what you mean when you say it, how would you respond? What does it mean to be begotten? What forgotten code is embedded in the words God from God or light from light. You with me? Stay with me. These phrases once had great meaning for the people who fought over the wording when the Nicene Creed was being established. But 1,500 years later, most of us haven't got a clue what they were talking about. Whatever meaning these phrases once had has been lost in the dust of the centuries of, and frankly, many of us would happily leave the creed out of our worship altogether, consigning it to the church archive with the other historical documents of the church. When pressed, most of us are unable to make sense of the doctrine of the, of the Trinity. And no wonder you're trying to make sense of something that is, on the surface, nonsensical, or at least non-rational. Let's start with the math. One equals three. Now, I'm no math whiz, but even I can see the difficulty with this formula. How can three be one? And the difficulty doesn't stop there. How can a father be his own son? How can a spirit be a person? Since the son was begotten, was there a time when the son did not exist? If the, if the spirit proceeds from the other two, how can it be co-eternal with them? The questions boggle the mind. After all, what human mind wouldn't be boggled when trying to con contemplate the nature of God? 
Robert Ferrar Capone says in one of his books that when human beings try to describe God, we're like a bed of oysters trying to describe a ballerina. Yeah. Just as the oysters have no frame of reference to imagine, hu uh, to imagine human beings, much less human art forms, we human beings have an inadequate frame of reference to truly and completely understand the nature of God. Theologians have been struggling to explain, or at least to understand, the Trinity for 2,000 years. The fact that theologians continue to struggle with it may be a clue that we are not intended to comprehend it at all. So instead of trying to understand it or explain it, perhaps our time would be better spent considering instead what the implications of a worshiping of worshiping a triune God might be for us. To say that the Trinity is three persons in one, God tells us that at least one defining characteristic of God is relational. In short, God is a community. God exists in the togetherness of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God's nature is revealed to us as whole and complete only in the community of the Trinity. Since God's very nature is relational, and God created us, it seems likely that we human beings are relational too, since we are created in the image of God. So it seems reasonable to conclude that we only reach the fullness of our being in community too. Think about that. Human beings, by our created nature, can only be truly complete when we are in relationship with others. The second implication for us being created in the image of our true God is about diversity. In her book, Amazing Grace, Kathleen Norris said that for Christians, the concept of the Trinity is the primary symbol of a community that holds itself together by containing diversity within itself. The model for the church to embrace and celebrate this diversity is God, the one, holy, and undivided Trinity, whose one being includes all the eternal diversity that there is. And without that community and that diversity of the three in one, God would be incomplete. A community that embraces and celebrates diversity, an inclusive community, is what God models for us in the Trinity and is what the church is called to be by our Creator. Amen. We got a hint of this early on in the history of the church. In the account of the day of Pentecost, we read last, so last Sunday, the diversity of the crowd on whom the Spirit of God was poured out is underscored in Acts by the listing of all those who were present. Today, of course, we would include more than the ethnic, religious, and geographic diversity rec uh, recounted in Acts. We would include race and class, gender and sexual orientation, age and physical abilities, and probably many other things. But that rich diversity, the human, the human, without that rich diversity, the human community is incomplete. Without that human diversity, the human, excuse me, without that diversity, the human community is incomplete. Do you understand that? Without the diversity of those people, of all people, all inclusive, we're incomplete. Our community is incomplete. So let's not worry too much about the mystery that is the Trinity. We can't say or know all of God, and that's okay. We don't need to. God reveals to us all that we need to know and two important components of that are the goodness of diversity and community. On this Trinity Sunday, let's celebrate that because God is in community. So are we. Praise to the holy, 
and undivided trinity, one God. Amen. Announcements. What do we got? Let's see. Hey, did y'all know we had a podcast? Have y'all heard about this yet? We have a podcast. You can watch, you can listen to our podcast on Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Radio Public. All you got to do is search for your path with Bishop Mark. That's your path with Bishop Mark. You already got that? There you go. That's my radio voice. I know it. I know it. I know it. No, seriously, guys, check it out. It's, it's. I mean, if you don't get a chance to, to watch it on, on YouTube, which I, I mean, I'd love for you to do it all. I mean, but um, it really is different to listen to it on the podcast. I mean, it's just, it's a totally different, it's just, I don't know. Me watching it, it's just very different. What do you think of that graphic? Hey, I like that graphic. That face. That face. You only, if you only knew what I was thinking right then. It's probably better that you don't. You're right. Yeah. Uh. Guess what? We're fixing to turn our terrible twos. Nothing was bad so far. I'm just kidding. Okay, next Sunday, we're going to celebrate our two-year anniversary as a church. Two years. Please invite somebody. It'd be nice to have a few people here. I mean, I love having you all here every Sunday. I do. I do. It's wonderful. I think we have great fellowship. But, you know, I'm tired of seeing your faces. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm not. I want to see some new faces. I do. I want to see some new faces. I really do. You know, our our job. Let me tell you something. Our job as Christians is to spread the word, not keep it closed up in these walls. Us doing this here, I mean, it's we we're saved. Our souls are saved. But what about all those people out there that we need to help? This is not what we're called to do. To sit in here and do nothing. Our call is to get out there and bring people in here. So let's continue to remember what our call is. So next Sunday, uh, our church anniversary is to save the date. Don't forget that. We're calling it Building on a Strong Foundation. Now, guys, that's a compliment to all of you. It really is. I mean, we, I talked about, um, uh, at one point, I talked about a foundation um, and the way you build a foundation. If you have a foundation and you, it's not very strong and you build on it on higher and higher and higher, eventually what's going to happen? That foundation is going to break and everything's going to come tumbling down, right? But you build a foundation with God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and our fellowship together and that's a sturdy strong healthy foundation and you can build and build and build on top of that so that's what we're doing now we've got our foundation laid okay let's build on it building on a strong foundation so next sunday regular we're going to go back to our 3 p.m service of communion thank god 3 p.m service of communion i don't do these mornings very well i really don't um uh we'll have a 4 p.m approximately 4 p.m round table okay and then at 5 p.m we'll have a reception uh, our two-year anniversary reception, and I hope that you will bring somebody and we'll have a good time. Um, if you'd like to offer to donate something for the surf for the reception, that'd be great. We're looking for any kind of refreshments or um, any kind of um, any little any little cakes or goodies or something like that would be nice. Uh, I'm not making a requirement of anybody for to come. I want you to come and have a good time. So I'm going to do my best to provide as much as I can, but I can't provide it all. So it'd be great if y'all could. Well, let's stick with something a little more. Let's stick with something a little less hors d'oeuvres and a little more dessert. Let's go on the sweet side. Fried Twinkies. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. That could work. I mean, I like fried Twinkies. 
So three o'clock next Sunday. Don't forget next Sunday, three o'clock, our two-year anniversary. Um, and bring something, you know. Okay, Mr. Man. <laughs> what is that sound? Is that your phone? Okay, so we've had your phone go off today. We've also had your watch go off tw go off twice. So I think that normally, have you ever read the, 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 the video at the beginning of the service where it says, please turn off all electronic devices? Now, do you know why we do that? There's a couple of reasons. One of them is just the reason we had just now, because it's kind of an interruption. It's kind of annoying, and I hate to have to, you know, embarrass you in front of everybody and kind of call you out. You know, I hate that. But also, the electronics that are here, we have a lot of electronics in this small space, and we're using wireless um, uh, microphones and internet to produce our podcasts and our, our YouTube um, uh, videos. And what happens is, when your phone receives something or his phone receives something or something goes off or a radio signal goes off and it starts to mess with my, my uh, microphone connection and my, my video connection and we get bad feeds. And that's when you hear it on the YouTube and on the, on the, on the uh, podcast, that little crumpling and chumpling and, and sometimes cutting out completely. And that's not very nice. So that's what we ask you to please turn off all electronic devices. And that watch and I are going to go round and round. I'm going to tell you that right now. I about had it with that watch. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay. Oh, of course. Well, you know, we're getting by with our recording equipment. I'd love to have some higher end, but for, first and foremost, first and foremost, what we're looking for is we're, we're going we're to get a, a space. And so that's what we're looking for. God, you know, please, guys, keep praying um, for us to find a new home. I mean, I love having y'all here in my home, but um, I really want a place that just feels you know, it's more, it's more y'all's, you know, because I think that y'all feel that when you're here, it's not really your church. Does that make sense? And I want this to be your church, our church, not just my living room. Well, I think we get more people. I do. I do. Well, but here's the point. I can't justify moving into a new place and paying that extra bit of money it's going to cost every month with the with the the last few weeks attendance that we've had okay it's 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 guys it's pitiful i mean i, I thank you for being here i do but the last few weeks have been ridiculous for even for us look i can't i can't justify moving us with two or three people i mean we've got to have some more people otherwise you know that's how churches fail you move into a new place and a lot of times they move into a too big of a place and they don't get the people, and they can't pay for it. Well, we're not going to move into a big place. It's going to be something small if we find something. But I have to be able to justify the cost of that with a number of congregants. I know that we will add congregants when we move. I do understand that. But I have to be able to say right away when we're going in that first month that this group that we have here right now can pay my month's rent, could, can help me pay a month's rent here. Right now, I can't do anywhere close to that. Okay? You have a job now. So that 10%, that 10% tithe is going to be important from you, right? Right. we got to get there, guys. 10% tithe is what's, what's, what's asked. What's, no, it's what's required of you. Who is it? Would you get the door, please? It's okay. Come on in. We're finishing up. Finishing the last number. Quite all right. Quite all right. We're used to this. We're used to this. Okay, so remember, that's all I'm saying about that is, hey, get some people here so we can move, you know, we're going to get some more money. 
10% is what's required of you as a tithe. Just don't forget that when you put your budget down. Am I hitting them? Okay. Hi. How are you? I'm sorry. I'm good. My head's getting... Did head's... stop doing church at three? We did, but we've had a conflict of uh, scheduling the last two weeks. So we do it at 11 this week and last week. So yeah, we don't like the early mornings either. <laughs> Have a seat. We're just going to close up and you can, see, you can sing our final number with us. All right. You'll know it. You know it very well. All right, guys. Uh, please don't forget tomorrow is a holiday. It's, it's Memorial Day. Please keep the in your prayers all of the military and um, thank somebody who's in the military tomorrow if you can. If you see somebody that you know has been in the military, a, 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 a reservist or an active military person or even a, some, a veteran, just thank them. Okay? All right. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. What'd you like? What'd you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? I, Timothy. I, I enjoyed Timothy. Yeah. Before we go any further. Timothy. I think you had an assignment for me. Yes. Okay. What was your assignment that I gave you last week? To try to see if the... To answer the question, is the Holy Spirit, or has the Holy Spirit ever left us, or is the Holy Spirit always with us? Correct. To prove me wrong, that the Holy Spirit is always with us. That was your position, right? That's what I'm, yeah. Well, I actually, I, I couldn't prove you wrong. You can't prove me wrong? No. Really? No. Okay, why I, not? I, I have found no evidence that, that he is, has never been not present or not with us. Um, I've... Um, it's uh, everything I see says that he is always, you know, always with us. It says, in fact, there's supposed to be a verse in Ephesians that says that that he is sealed, that all, he is sealed in all, all believers. Uh, so interesting. I, I, yeah, quite interesting. What is that? This is your oh, this is your part of the assignment, right? Just have to show me up. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. Oh, I know. I, I, because I, you know I, what? I, I did not. I did not. You didn't. You didn't do your work. I know you didn't. Well, that's the last minute. Well, you kind of did it too, because your answer is not correct. Okay. Is it? Mm-mm. Well, what? Okay. So, why don't you tell us what you found, <clears throat> Justin? The Holy Spirit may depart from a person or a congregation. First Samuel sixteen fourteen. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. The Holy Spirit is pure and righteous. As Jesus was without sin, so was the Holy Spirit. First, first Pete, Pet, Pet, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Disobedience and rebellion to God is disobeying and rebelling the Holy Spirit, and he departs. First Sam fifteen ten to nineteen. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. Mixing with the world. If you mix yourself with the world, the Holy Spirit departs. First John 2.15 Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, he love, the love of the Father is not in him. If a person or congregation departs from the truth, the Holy Spirit departs. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Not repenting. 1 John 1, 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And there's a whole bunch. There's a few. Finish it out. Come on. Let me hear it all. 1 Samuel 16, 14, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. 
and an evil spirit from well no yeah did that one already yeah okay so. any more I guess it just double 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 I guess okay. so well I think the one sided page was, was plenty I think you proved your point yeah. for the for I the think kingdom of God does not meet and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost so what did you do to find your answer I mean, you said you had no proof whatsoever. So what? How, how come he found all that proof? Because he did. He spent. He spent more time on it. You know what? He didn't spend all that much time on it. Mm -mm. No, he did. Website. He just got online and typed it in, like I told well, you to do. But I did too. But I obviously didn't. I mean, I. Uh, yeah, I didn't. So which one is? The, which one do you think uh, is correct today? Well, I think which one do you think both. got it right? And we already right. established that. No, we haven't. We're which one do you think right. got it right? I think, I think... I'll see if he's paying attention. I think they will both be right in their own perception of how they view the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit being uh, the link between all four of us. Okay, well, here was the question, though. It wasn't about their Holy Spirit. It wasn't about their beliefs. This was about what the Bible says. Okay? The question was... The, the, the assignment was, prove me wrong that the Bible states that the Holy Spirit never leaves us. So... In your opinion, sir, which one of these gentlemen did their homework? I would say, I guess, to have the most biblical um, proofs to support the statement that mm. without, uh, the uh, without the Holy Spirit never leaves us, uh, Justin would have the most... Uh, okay, yeah. So, Tim. Yeah. I mean, you know Joe Lump against Justin's going to be tough because he's always going to be, you know, yeah. completely thorough all the right. way through. He's going to make sure, I mean, well, he's, 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 he's just that way. He, supposed, he did what he was supposed to do. I did not, so. You're right. So, yeah. why? Well, not all of you. Like How come? That, <laughs> you had a whole week to answer that one little question. I even reminded you today. I did too. Um, so, what happened? You don't have to give an excuse. You don't have to give one. I'm not asking you to. But I'm what I'm asking you is just to explain to me the reason. Not the reason. The not an excuse. I just wanted to know why you couldn't get it done. I don't have one. Too busy this week? Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Justin. You're welcome. That is correct. Um, the Holy Spirit does leave us. He can leave us. You know. You're here in your my what? Is it a little crooked? Am I a little crooked? Way, way oh yeah, I'm way crooked, aren't I? And your and your my hair. It's it's doing this. Yeah. When I wear that, that's a lot better. When I wear that uh, the miter, it, and it's especially tight today. I think because we had it cleaned and it shrunk up a little bit, so it was really really yeah. tight on my head. In fact, I was losing a uh, feeling in the top of my head during reading the sermon. <laughs> so uh, the end of it should be interesting. Uh, anyway. Okay, so today we talked about Holy Trinity, the Holy Trinity. Now, who here can explain to me what the Holy Trinity is? You, can, you are disqualified because you know the answer I'm going with. So you two gentlemen, anybody? Uh, um, it was uh, the God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? Or, okay, yeah. that's, that's yeah, the names, yeah. yes. Sure. But those three people, right? Well, three three. three Three, or, three. or as the song yeah. we just said, saying, so as we were just saying, said, God in three persons, yeah. Holy Trinity. Yeah. So God in three persons. Right. What does that mean? Three persons is one God. Three equals one? Is that what that means? 
It just means that they're all in, all in the same or all How is that possible? There's three of y'all sitting here. Right. But y'all aren't one. Well, zero is also a number. Zero is a number, that's correct. So if you look at zero being the, uh, the digit that will make the double digits from 20s to triple digits and continuing on to infinity, okay. it's the single number, the digit that allows one to have another one through nine to continue. Understood. So Understood. But what does that have to do with the Trinity? So if, if I am the son, I will view my father as my religion or as my spiritual faith, like uh, the father of the son, the father would be Jesus. Jesus is my father. And God... Jesus is your father. It, it would be me as a son. Okay. For me. But Jesus is your brother, would be because well, of your okay, brother. Yeah, okay, be, okay, me and Jesus would be like the, my brother. Okay. And our father would be the God. God. Okay. And the zero would be the, the ability okay, to... But you still have two and one there. So you still have zero and one and one. Right? So you still have two. So you're still not ending up with one equals one, which is what all mathematicians tell us is true, right? The point I'm trying to make is three and one. It's three different persons that are, that are one. Yeah. Now, what was, this, what was the title of my sermon today? Don't look. Who can tell me? You can't always comprehend. Isn't that what it was? Close. So sometimes we can't comprehend. Sometimes we can't comprehend all caps all caps we can't can't and i mean can't you know you know what it says you know what's that thing you can't can't you can't do can't nobody can if you can't can't something or rather i don't know there's an old We're phrase this is like look your mom you know so you say can't there's no can't and you can't say can't and this thing just one of those little stupid little phrases they right. make can isn't a word you uh to do is to achieve something like that uh, yeah. it's one of those it's you know those cats hanging on a poster one of those things. things one of those things anyway this you can't because look Here's the way I was. I, I T.D. Jakes. You know, I, I admire T.D. Jakes, and I think he's, he's just crazy enough. It's that, too bad we couldn't use the video. I know. I know. His video. I watched the video this morning. Um, how he was explaining the Trinity. I mean, he, he, there's a reason he's making the big bucks. Yeah. Um, but the, I'm not going to even use his right now. I'm going to use something different first. I'm talk about the Trinity as on different planes, different dimensions. Ooh. I would love to give you an analogy for that one, as an artist. As an artist, it would be great. Listen to me. Sure. So if I draw a line. It's still an idea. It's just a line, right? So that's one dimension. It's just one little line, right? So that's one. Okay. And I can also draw four lines together and make them a square. But it's just a two-dimensional square. It's nothing. It's just two-dimensional, right? But we live in a three-dimensional world, right? So to draw a cube, it has uh, uh, 16 lines 16 lines 16 lines to make the cube so, so here's how this works we live in a plane that is the one line that's all we understand we don't understand any further than that we don't understand we have the concept of what a square is and we have the concept kind of of what a cube is but we don't understand well we we are just on the line that's all we can do here god was on this plane with the cube. He fully understands it, fully knows all about it inside and out. And with that, he also under is part of the two-dimensional square and part of the line because he those all of those things are part of the cube, right? Mm -hmm. So this deity, this God, we are not gods. 
our minds are not made to be understanding, the understanding all, all there is to know about God, right? So God reveals to us what he wants us to know, what we need to know about him. And we have this beautiful thing called this, the triune, the, the holy trinity, that we can't fully understand. We have a concept of it. And there's a couple ways I'm going to show it to you. One of the ways is, is my, my personal way that, that I've you know, kind of come up with. And that's when I'm sitting here with you guys on Sunday, I act a certain way. I have a certain decorum about me. I have a certain attitude. I have a certain demeanor, right? When I go on a date with somebody special, I have a totally different demeanor. I'm a different person. I talk differently. I have a different dialect. I have even, you know, I act differently. And when I'm with my grandmother, I have even yet another demeanor, something totally different, a different kind of speaking, a different kind of, you know, way I handle myself, way I carry myself, way I speak. All three of those personalities are still me. But they are two, three separate. They're very different, very different people when you look at them. If you met one of those parts of me, you would not know all of me by far. And if you try to describe me as just one of those, you're missing out on a whole bunch. So my analogy is that, you know, God then is like those three personalities. Okay? You've got Jesus Christ, the all-loving God, the all-loving Christ who came down and sacrificed for us. You've got the parent, the father God, who is, you know, the father. You know, he's all-knowing, omnipotent. He's the one that's, you know, the, the patriarch of the family, you know, mm -hmm. keeps it all together. And you've got the Holy Spirit. He's kind of the rebel, kind of. You know, mm -hmm. he's kind of the one out there shooting fire around and, you know, and, and, and telling truths and giving courage. and he, he, He's kind of sticky, the, the stickler for whenever he, he, he's not going to be around and yeah. when he's going to come back. and Yeah, he's the one that kind of comes and goes. Very, you know, quirky. We know that because, first of all, the apostles received the Holy Spirit. They hadn't had it before. It wasn't there in their lives. But you, know, the, 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 you look in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit has come around before the apostles. Mm -hmm. So obviously he, they left. That was the most simple answer you could have given right there. That, that, was the most, that was the thing that I was looking for, really, from both of you. You went way overboard and you went way underboard. <laughs> the simple answer was, we were on Pentecost. They didn't have him the beginning of Pentecost, and they did have the Holy Spirit after Pentecost. So... There's your answer. Yes, he can leave us. He can come to us. Both. It's you know he can, he's not always with us. Right. Well, what I find interesting with that is the fact that I actually looked through a good three pages worth of Google searches yeah. before I found yeah. even that. It's tough to find Every, everything else. Had, it, nothing. Not, the fact that there was well, no information specific to that hmm? is, is I guess shows the mis. Pentecost, understanding sure. of Pentecost. Pentecost and the Holy Trinity Sunday are, they're both tough to explain. We're talking about supernatural things here. We're not talking about things of our, our understanding. Um, and like I said, God will reveal to us what we need to know. You know, it's his, 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 he's the one, he's, I mean, he has the right to keep all that knowledge to himself as he wants, you know. And he, he's given us a great gift of many uh, uh, great Knowledges, I guess is the word I'm looking for. You know, he's made us very smart and he made us made knowledge attainable for us. We can learn. Um, but there are some things we're just not meant to know. You know, we're just not meant to know those things, at least not now. 
like I told y'all before, you know, all the nuns back in grade school told me, you know, we, all these questions that we have that we don't know, that we can't get the answers for, these ones like this one, like when you're the Holy Trinity and things like that, and what happens when this happens, and what happens when that happens, when we die, this happens, and, well, they'd say, you know, on the hour of your death, as you pass over into heaven, all of your questions, say with me, Tim, all of your questions that you had in your lifetime that were unanswered will be answered. Now, I still think that that was their way of just shutting us up because they didn't know the answer. But, you know, it worked. Yeah. It worked. Why don't you stand up and go get you a cup of coffee real quick before, it goes any, before you get any sleepier. I know you don't like, and there's no coffee, but find something with caffeine in it. So I can get you a cup of cold water, throw some kind of something on your face, something. Our resident sleepyhead. Uh -huh. It's okay. We're gonna we're gonna wake him up one of these days. Holy Spirit's gonna come down and really get him kick him in the ass one of these days. I'll tell you that much. Mm -hmm. Amen. It might be through my foot, but that's gonna be the Holy Spirit for sure. <laughs> I'm a little bit too tired to be too rambunctious. I know, guys. <laughs> it's been a long week, especially doing the early service. It's been rough. And I know that you had your graduation of your your um well, your party sister, yesterday. your party party graduation party for your sister, and she graduates today, right? Uh -huh. So congratulations to her and to all of the graduates out there. Um, look, y'all got a great future ahead of you. Don't waste your youth, first of all. And stay in constant contact with God. And stay in school, period. That's the big one. Yeah, well, those last two were pretty big. Well, yeah, I mean, we, some of our first times out of the house is when we go to college, you know, first yeah. time really out of the house, really, really yeah. without, you know, fun, without being, you know, the watchful eye of our parents. And we go a little crazy sometimes. Uh -huh. It's not worth it. It's really not. It's, you know, sometimes it's okay to be the geek on campus because, let me tell you something, the geek on campus makes a lot more money later on in life. Uh -huh. <laughs> but not just the money is the important part. Also, keep yourself connected to God. And there's a lot that goes on when you get to college. Mm -hmm. A lot of things to explore and, and, and new ideas and new feelings and new emotions and you know, new experiences. Experience those things. I, I think you should. But, like I say, everything in moderation. You know, it's time for growing up. It's a time for discovery when you're that age. Do it. Discover things. Discover yourself. Discover the world around you. But remember what your priorities are. And if you stay connected to your God and speak to your God and listen to your God as you pray, you'll be you'll know what those priorities are. You'll no question about it. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. You wait now. Yeah. Okay. So, Nicodemus. <laughs> this guy, he's rich. He's educated. He's uh, was born into uh, prestige. Mm -hmm. But he can't. There's something missing. Not there. What is it? Money can't buy happiness, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they say. Money can't buy happiness. That's a, that's a good story to have that you're being so different from from a, a different perspective as compared to everything else that we've. Well, right. We're always talking about, you know, woe is me. You know, I'm, I'm poor, I'm lonely, I'm, I'm crippled, or I'm, you know, I'm poor, or I'm a, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. This guy's done everything right. He's followed the commandments, he's learned everything he can possibly learn about. Or so he thinks about... But he can't, and he, he goes to Jesus, and he has to sneak to go see Jesus, right? Why does he have to sneak to go see Jesus? 
Did Chuck catch that part? Because of his prestige. Because of his prestige, that's right. He has his name to worry about. And Jesus at this point is still a, you know, pretty far out, you know, Radical. little... Yeah, that's pretty, you know, that's like the hippie kids of the 70s, you know. It's kind of just kind of crazy. You have flower, mm-hmm. you know. You will be seen with them if you're a, a prominent yeah. religious leader, right? Hmm. Unless you're a... What was, what was the group that was... The, there were monks with them all the time doing that uh, with the flower children. Uh, the Buddhists, I think. Yeah, the Buddhists. The Buddhist monks were, were always... With the Tibetans. Right. The Tibetan, the Tibetan monks were always around with the flower children. Give me your flower. Yeah. If you look at some of the old footage of that, and that's what's kind of fascinating in my, before my eyes, some of the old footage you'll see the monks with the, with some of the flowers. His alleged seven years of uh, meditation in the in the mountains was with the Tibetans, not coordinating any uh, Roman. Understood. Recording, Understood. That's moot point at this point because we're just talking about them being there yes. with the flower children. Yes. But thank you for that interesting uh, uh, trivia uh, bit that you gave us. Your your uh, plethora of of facts that just pour out of your mouth at the most inopportune and crazy times. But I love it. Keep doing it because eventually, hopefully, those will start to... Build up. Well, they'll start to categorize themselves where they're supposed to be. Bubblegums, man. <laughs> <Wilbons>. <laughs> crazy boy. It's good to see you... Uh, awake. Awake and participating today. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We have, we have ice water. You know, I, I can't keep a bucket of ice water up here if I eat you guys. I mean, we'll bless it now. I'm not talking about for drinking either. I can't keep a bucket of ice water up here. I'd be glad to. As hard as it is in Texas, oh yeah. Hey, fall asleep. Uh, electronic, electronic, electronic. I'm going to get those wet. And the couch will probably get wet. It's leather. Be dried. Mm-hmm. Try me. <laughs> so Nicodemus. He's been given everything. He's got everything. He's, he's the perfect... I mean, anybody looking at him would be like, I want to be him. Mm-hmm. Right? But he's not, he's not satisfied. He's got this hole in his... Just, just, something's not there. And what does Jesus say to him? What does Jesus say to him? Uh, uh, was, you have to find... Uh, you have to be... You have to peace and community. You got to die. You have to be... That, that you, you have to be born again. What in the world is he talking about? Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Born again. What does that mean? What does that mean? I mean, I have to go back down to a baby. I have to get back inside my mother's womb. You said about the, about the, how we're, uh, how uh, we're in the, in the earth or how we are in the understanding of earth. I think instead of uh, being born again, like to die, is to be gone of all those mental attachments, beliefs, and tangible things of that you, and being born again anew. But you're talking about death now. You're talking not, about not death physical, of this death of this body. Not the physical death. Not the what di- are you talking about then? And, and this that you're, you're describing being born again. Right. So let's try that but for not, me. Not the mental death. Okay. Not the zzz, zzz, not that. Okay, but the spirit, our spirit dies. But comes back. A rebirth of the spirit is, okay. I think, what he went with. What, uh, Interesting notion. Interesting notion, because I guess you'd have to die to be reborn, wouldn't you? Yeah, but if, your Maybe. Mind, if you still have your memories and your body's still, you know... That's reincarnation. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, Look. Uh, yeah, wrong what is What is Jesus saying to Nicodemus here? And I'm not, I'm not going to answer this for you, so you're going to have to come up with something. 
You've got a tithe, sir. <laughs> you can't, like you can't, you can't just sit there and try to learn everything and that be your faith. Your, your faith has to be faith, not just knowledge alone. You, like, like it says here, the wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You don't know before or after. You just know that you believe and you are reborn. How do you get reborn? You get to choose. You go and repent and you confess your... It starts with a choice if you don't choose or acknowledge. You accept holy... We're not talking about being a reborn Christian. We're not talking about churches. We're not talking about that. How do you become reborn? How do you do that? He doesn't really tell us. He doesn't really say. No, it doesn't. But we can infer from it that... What? We have to start living our faith. Because, well, that's, I mean, that's the thing is that it's talking about how he has to sneak in, yeah. the, in the shadows. Yeah. You can't just be sneaking around in the shadows. You have to be living out in the light. Exactly. Um, let me see. You, Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's what he says. That's exactly what he says. All, basically, you must be born again. So, you know, once again, leaving things up to interpretation, which have been taken from one stream mm-hmm. to another, as we know. But this is the important part. I'm going to read this for you again, okay? It is easy to get caught up in the form of religion and lose touch with reality of God. Religion is not God. Mm-mm. Our faith is based on a religion, but our spirituality and our connectedness with God is not necessarily. It's something totally different. They intertwine at times. But that spirituality, that living with God, not just talking about it and, and, and having faith in it, but being one with God, being part of him, being his son, speaking to him, listening to him, doing as his will is, that's the reality of God. He's mm-hmm. real. He's not a myth in a book. He's not words or, or, or these different names that we've attached to it. To caught, caught up doing church work. Whatever church that might When we be. get caught up doing church work, Tim, what do we do? Yeah. We fail to be a church. Right. So when you get caught up doing church work only, what is a church supposed to be? I just talked to you all about this a little while ago, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think that means when you're just going through the motions, when you're not... Uh, you know, no, 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 not necessarily. You're not going through the motions. Look, you, are, you worked all night last night stripping and waxing this floor. You were caught up in church work, period. Right. But you, were you doing that for God? That's part of the question. That's part of the question. Were you doing it because... You wanted to do it for the church, or you wanted to do it for God, or you wanted to do it for yourself, you wanted to do it please me. That's part of the answer. Right. But that getting all caught up in the church work, I do. I get. I have the same problem. I get caught up in church work too. We forget that we're living that life now. We're not supposed to. Just, we are not a church if we're just caught up in church work. What do we have to do to be a church? Be Christians. We got to get out there, right? That's the whole point. That's our duty as Christians is spreading the word of Jesus Christ, spreading the fact that you know, y'all may call them by a different name, but let me show you this one because this one's really cool, right? Try it my way, Yahweh. Dios I let you try. You get it? Try it my way, Yahweh. Come on, guys, give me a little freedom. No. And you, wake up. I am wake, I'm wake.
Where's the 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 uh, the is either a Smurf or an elf? Is it a sleepy, sleepy and dopey? And that's 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 the, the the Smurfs, right? No, that's the. the no, they had Sleepy Smurf. They had Sleepy Smurf. That is the Snow Seven White Dwarfs. I know, Dwarfs. but they had Sleepy Smurf too. I never saw the, the Smurfs. You saw Smurfs? Did you see the Did you see the Smurfs? You see the Smurfs? I caught a few the Smurfs. And yeah, the wizard, yeah, the, the mean, and, yeah, the mean wizard of the cat. To, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How could you not see the Smurfs? Was They're still on today. And, and, um... Was it on cable? <laughs> and it was the one thing... Well, when I watched on, it, it was on a big wooden TV, console TV that had a, a, a turn knob, and we had three local channels, and we had three um, uh, uh, network channels, and a couple of independents. So we had about five or six channels. Yeah, we had... Power Rangers and, 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 uh, okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, other people calling start calling you Sleepy Smurf. It's better than Smurfette. I guess that means you'll just start calling me Papa Smurf. Please don't. I'll be Please Smurfette. don't do it. You, of course, you'll be Smurfette. I knew that was coming. All right. So, getting caught up in our in our church degrees, getting caught up doing videos, getting caught up writing sermons, getting caught up. We're not living. We're not living as the church. We're not doing what the church is supposed to be. We're getting caught up in the work behind it, and not living it, right? It's just like Nicodemus was getting caught up in his research, and or the story of uh, the the captain on the boat. Yeah. Uh, rather than right, he was a religious man. Yeah. But he was he heard the people getting beaten, torn up up on the deck. What do you do? He closed his door so he could continue to read his Bible. Right. That's, that's not that's living the no, faith. No, 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 no. So our intellectual comprehension of the creeds can take precedence. Over our living the creeds. So we understand them, but we don't necessarily live them. We can learn about the Bible and fail to be shaped by the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's just like knowing information and refusing to help others with that information. Absolutely. So, what was the Nicodemus' problem next? And that's what I talk about next in the sermon. I said, I know Nicodemus' problems. I've seen it. I've seen the problem. I've seen the problem. His, his pride and his prestige. Problem, yeah, well, he built, his, he built his ministry on his education, his power, his pedigree. He didn't build it upon God. Mm-mm. The foundation, like I talked about at the end of the sermon there. He started a couple floors too high. <laughs> He didn't, it was too rocky, too sandy, too moving. Come on, Tim, wake up now. Stay with me. Come on, keep those eyes open. We don't have much longer. Okay. His ministry, which is true in any, you talk about a ministry, it's, it's any job that you're doing. It's, it's not just a, the ministry like I have here. You know, any job, any volunteer, anything you're doing is your ministry, right? His ministry had become a profession rather than a calling. You have a calling to be an artist. Right? That's your ministry. Right? You have a calling to sleep. You see? That's your ministry. You have a calling about computers and technical support and wonderful and customer service and things like that. A lot more to your ministry too that you don't know about. But that's your ministry. So when you... Your ministry becomes a profession of something you have to go to do. You have to do it. Not that you want to or you're called to. That's a problem. That's a problem in society today. Big time. Don't you think? Society requires it. Do they? Why can't you? Why can't you do what you want to do? Why can't you become what you want to become? For one of the three parts: the physical, mental, and the spiritual. You have to physically be able to live. So you have to physically cohere to the society that you're in, and the society that we're in requires you to 
you know, have That's, money. And but the whole point of this whole talk is to go out and change society, but be so a that shepherd. you can do right. but you God's have to, work. You need a you need a sh- you need a shepherd to, God to guide you. And is, is that not? That is what Jesus tells you to be. But to be a is the shepherd I, to God. I understand. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying to work through it. To put forth that that effort. Otherwise, we'd all be shepherds. We'd all be holier than all. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Right. We're not all there. Not. No. It's not going to happen because not everybody's going to be able to do what Jesus Christ is asking us to do. Not not Jesus. Even even people who say they are Christians and believers, some of them are not willing or able to rise up and be the By shepherds to be the shepherds that Jesus Christ has asked us to be they might aspire to do it but not everybody's going to be able not everybody's a leader but I guarantee you you can try and when you see social injustice when you see wrongs when you see inequality when you see religious wrongs religious perversions, I guess I'm going to say, it's your duty as a Christian, it's your duty, your responsibility to do something about it, to at least try to enlighten these people who have gone the wrong path. Okay, It's not our place to judge them, but we know that their souls are at risk at that point. Still, not our place to judge them. Offer our help. Offer our hand, offer a new way of life, offer our Christianity, not Christianity, right? Christianity, being Christ like. Offer that to them. Mind you, we do have different uh, foundations in the Christianity. Absolutely, we do. Once again, look, I'm talking about semantics again. You're talking about semantics. I know, but but, um, our foundation of uh, our our, our foundation, that's all we understand. (laughs) The word is the same book, though. It's the same. So, but your structure compared to how uh, a Southern Mississippi Baptist. We're talking about spirituality, not religion, though. Right, I know, I know. Two different things. I know, but the so, it, spirit, religion is like a soil, and spirituality is like a seed. No, 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 no. For me, no, 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 no. You can have uh, unfertile soil, and you can have really fertile soil, but a, a, a seed that could be. E- uh, 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 I keep you know going with it. Okay, well, okay, but we're the spirituality. Okay, in your analogy there, uh-huh. religion is the soil and we are the seed. Yeah. Okay. Where does spirituality come in there? Okay, if we're all mustard seeds, we can all grow to be a big old bush. No, no, but wait a minute. Stop, stop, stop. That's, that doesn't matter because you don't need spirituality. If you got the religion's got the if the religion is the soil and it's nutrient free, it's very rich in nutrients. You don't need. No, you just need hydroponics. You just need uh, oxygen, oxygen and hydrogen. Okay, so you don't, yeah. need, you don't need spirituality then? You don't need, you don't need, I don't need, you need the seed. The no, the seed is, is us. You yes. said the seed is us. I said if you don't, you don't need the soil. The soil will be extra. The soil is religion. Yes. What in that analogy is spirituality? The seed. That's us. Yes. We're not spirituality. Spirituality is, you, is no. your, your spiritual practice, your spiritual faith, your spiritual connection. We are not spiritual. We are not spirituality. Spirituality is something we can be spiritual beings. However, what you're saying, your, your words, you, okay, your, your semantics are our semantics are a little off here. We're, we're understanding two different things here. Here's what I would say in your in your analogy. I'm going to take it and run with it. Okay, saying that the religion is soil, and sometimes you have fertile soil, sometimes you have clay. Right? Sometimes you know it's just not going anywhere, or it's going the wrong place, or it's or it's killing you, or it's mothering you, whatever it's doing. Right? 
or it's covered in moss and it's just, you know, whatever. But what the spirituality is, is twofold. It's the water, which cleanses the soil and creates, what, compost and things start to change into different vitamins and different minerals and different nutrients for that seed, right? right? And it's the sunlight, which warms the soil, continuing that process, invites the seed to spring from the soil and grow above it. Implying the soil is not... Do you see what I'm saying now? So I just took your analogy and I ran with it. Do you agree with what I said? I agree with what you, with what you, you. said, that the soil is not... You've got to have that spirituality. That spirituality is the important part. Yes, the soil is important. It's there. But you know what? A seed can grow without soil. I, 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 a seed I can grow that. without soil. I said that. Hydroponics. So that religion, it's not necessary. Just like, you know, sleep is necessary at all times, isn't it, Tim? That's it's always necessary. It's hydrogen in life. So, Tim, can a seed grow without soil? Yes. And and in, in our analogy, what would you think that the spirituality would be in the analogy that that soil is the religion and the seed is us? What would be you know, what would be the the, the, the the spirituality of that? What what would be spiritual? What would be the spiritual things that are there? The, the growth agent or the uh, sunlight. A couple of things, right? Yeah. It's about the water and the sunlight. Do you understand that? Carbon, the carbon monoxide. Causes the, the compost to start to making the new nutrient for that seed and causes that seed to pull up out of the soil, above the soil, and, and, then continue to grow. and grow. But a seed does not necessarily need the soil, i.e. the religion, which we're calling the religion, to grow. It can grow with just water and sunlight. The problem with that is when you grow that way, there are no roots. The roots have nowhere to go. There's nothing to plant them into. And that's why we have religion. To help keep us grounded. Right. To help give us the guidelines, to help learn from our past, right? To help, we've seen the mistakes made in the past. We've learned from these people in the past. We've seen some of the things they've done. The Bible lays it down for us. We use our brains to discern what it means, right? We talk to God and listen to Him. And that soil, even though we may not have it when we start out, will begin to form and all of a sudden that that seed that grew out of just water and sunlight is building roots and now bringing nutrients from all different places in that soil and all different things and it's growing like it's never grown before isn't that amazing did i ruin your analogy or did i make it better no no didn't. that was fun that was fun i like that one i like that one a lot we're gonna gonna use that one again sometime that was good very good okay so holy trinity we, don't, we, can't, we can't understand it completely. Okay. I'm moving on move along quickly because I know you've got to go. You've got, you've got to go to graduation. So, listen up. Holy Trinity, what other questions do you have for me about today, about Nicodemus, about the whole idea of being born again, about the whole idea of the Holy Trinity? There's a lot, lot going on today. There's a lot. It was a long sermon, I know, because, yeah, it, it just had to be. But what do you, you have anything else for me? What do you have? Come on. Just, I mean, I, I'm happy to go. I never, I really don't think I'd ever heard of it. Uh, or, no, of they, what? when I went to church, I mean, they were, they were always treated as this, this, they were different. There were three different, or not three different, but there were at least two that Jesus and I, I was, have uh, Holy Spirit. Well, yeah, but, but yes, but I'm, I'm saying that, that we were, I never heard of the concept, I don't think, of, of the Holy Trinity, um, of the whole. 
Well, or, 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 if I did, or if I did, I didn't catch it. But right. I mean, Christianity is based on the triune. Right, right. That, that's our entire. Yeah. I mean, so I, any any Christian religion is going to be based on that. They may not they may not emphasize it as much. Right, yeah, they, they, and I think that yeah. you understand that this is in in as far as church uh, history goes. Actually, having the Trinity Sunday, the Holy Trinity Sunday, is a, a fairly new um, uh, concept, yeah. but it's good right. because. We need to have a day to talk about this, at least to try and wrap our minds around what we can it's about so hard, it. Yeah. It's, it's hard, yeah. It's hard. I mean, here's the other one. Okay. I want to tell you this. I can explain the Holy Trinity to you any given time in your kitchen in the mornings when you're in there cooking. <laughs> now, this one's from T.D. Jakes. Yeah. I'm not going to do it as good as he is. I know I'm not, but I want to tell you about it. Okay? If you want to understand the, Holy, the Father and the Son, you want to understand the Father and the Son? Go put some ice in a glass of water. Now you understand what I mean by that. They're two completely different forms, right? You've got ice, you've got water. Put them together in a glass. What's in that glass? Chemically, what's in that glass? H2O. H2O. Yeah. They're the same thing. I think T.D. Jakes said, if you don't like water, don't like ice. <laughs> there it is. Right there. That's the Father and the Son. We've got, we're missing something, though. What are we missing? Stone. The Holy Spirit. Well, I'm in there making my hard-boiled eggs on the stove and boiling what? What, what am I boiling? Water. Water. H2O. So then you have what? Steam. Steam. Holy Spirit. It's not so always there. Three different <laughs> things. Oh, you're right. Very good. Not always there. Nice. Good. Sorry, Tim. Steam, water, <clears throat> liquid form water, and ice. They're all what? The same. H2O. 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 Now, I can't do it like you, Jace. No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's, got that, he's got the belly, and he's got the $1,000 suits. I can't do I, I just can't do it. Either one. Either one, you got H2O. You know, I can't do it. I just can't no. do it. But I, I admire the man. He's, yeah. a, he's a great preacher. And I, I, I learn a lot from him. But... um. I wish I could emulate it a little more. I think I really get the point across a little better. But look, think about it that way. So I've given you a couple of different ways to think about this trinity. You're not going to understand it completely. Your mind is not capable. It's not. It's, that's why I said can't in the, in the uh, sermon today. You can't. It's not made that way. Maybe someday. Our souls probably are capable. So when we, when we shed this body and are able to really grow as our Maybe own. Maybe it's a word. Can't is not. Can't just order though. I'm telling you, you can't understand this in your in your current form. Okay. Faith comes in a lot. Though. Faith, faith comes in all when, when we say you know, you know, yeah, faith is huge about can't. You know, you can't necessarily see Jesus Christ right now, can you? His body, himself, him. You can't see him. He rose up. Right. His body's up there in heaven on the right by the right hand of the Father. On the right hand of the Father. On the right hand of God. Right hand of the Father. His Father. He's risen. He is risen, is risen, right? So you can't see him right now. You can't see God. Anyone that sees the face of God suffers death immediately, don't they? According to the Old Testament. That wrath of God, I tell you. So mysterious. But literally, literally, that's what it says. So we, you've never seen the literal face of God, have you? Do you believe in God? Why? You haven't seen him. You've never seen him. How do you know he exists? You've never seen him. How do you know he exists? Well, I can't, if I hadn't seen him, I know that he exists. How can I use the word to explain how I can't? It, 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 
it goes. Talk to me. It's, it's just, it, he's telling you the, the answer. What? Faith is where yeah. I'm going with this. You're trying to take me on another tangent over there. It's very simple. Faith. And what is the definition of faith? Believing in something that you can't possibly necessarily see or, or prove. Or prove, yeah. Believing in something without proof. If I tell you the sky is green, it's a whole lot of faith. But you're in prison. And you've never seen it. And you've never seen the sky. You can't prove it. Anybody else telling you the sky is blue? But I'm telling you the sky is green. It's faith in him. For you to believe me, for you to have faith in what I'm saying, the sky is green. A lot of people have that kind of faith where it's kind of a little misguided a little bit, colors off a little bit. Or a lot. <laughs> or a lot. That's okay, because that's what our job is to get out there, and get off our butts, and spread the, correct. the oh. word that we know, yeah. the truths that we know, share our faith with the rest of the world, with the four corners of the flat earth. Yeah. Hmm? So... Next, uh, next, two, next, uh, next Sunday, we'll try a day. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate our two-year anniversary. Um, it's, I can't ever look at it for two mm -hmm. years. It's amazing. But guys, please be here and please bring somebody. Um, I, I think it's going to be special. We're going to, like, I'm going to do a little reception, and I ask if you would like to bring a refreshment or something for the reception. That would be very uh, much appreciated. Three o'clock next Sunday, uh, we'll have the regular service and then the uh, the round table, and then we'll have a small reception where I'll have a, um, a video presentation. To show you, and it won't be anything like the uh, the, the long, boring, um, uh, most reverend that that you know, be like got pounded in y'all's heads. Uh, I'm so very proud of that. Thank you. The most reverend is on YouTube. Anytime you like to see it, please watch the director's cut. It's wonderful. Most reverend on Dallas Universal Life Church YouTube channel. And you can always go there and rewatch it anytime you'd like. So you know you might get something new. All right. So next Sunday, three o'clock. Let me think for a second. I have an assignment for all three of you. No, I won. I don't get an assignment this week. Yeah, you do. Because this, this is a, it's a special week. Come on. I want to know... You know, I, I, if you give every, every round table, I sit down and say, what do you like, what do you want to, what do you not like, what do you want to keep, what do you want to get rid of, okay? So, what I want you to do now, and y'all never answer me, I want you to write down on a piece of paper or type out on a piece of paper three things that you would like to see changed, brought into, left out of our church, our service, anything. Okay. Three things you want changed or added or, or removed from our service, from our church, from whatever part of you know, this ministry you see. Three things okay. in the next year. So, you have to do something you know, right away. You can change it. It's very quick. But over the next year, you'd like to see these three things happen. So please don't forget, I'm going to ask all of you for it next Sunday. The three things that you would like to either change, add, or subtract to our ministry. Easy enough? Can y'all handle that? Absolutely. Can y'all remember this, please? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, guys. I will see you next week at 3 o'clock. Come with your bells on and bring your friends and your family. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a little reception. have a video. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Thank you, and I will see you next week. God bless you all. Yeah. Me too.